Alrighty, what is up, guys? I'm back with another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast, and I sort of teased this on the show yesterday and talked about how the recent signing of DeAndre Hopkins by the Tennessee Titans sort of I don't want to say ruin the plans that I had for upcoming episodes of the show, but the Titans, I think one of the things I did say is that the Titans did tell me to hold their drink yesterday based on the move that they made on Sunday. And so I sort of was teasing D-Hop as a little bit of a pretext to today's edition of the Jim Bratton podcast, which is going to be all about D-Hop. And I really, here's just a little bit of a tidbit as to how big of a signing this was for the Tennessee Titans. I'm having to now dedicate, rather than just trying to cram this into yesterday's edition of the show when I was talking about scandals in college football and blah, 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 blah. I'm now having to dedicate an entire episode of the show to DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans. That is how big of a move this was. And as it relates to the particular numbers of the contract, for those of you who have been living in a cave or living under a rock, For the last 48 hours or so, a big-time former, soon-to-be former free agent wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, or Nuke Hopkins, or Nuke, as he will inevitably be. I mean, that name is going, every time he makes a catch, that name is going to be screamed at the top of the lungs. And hopefully, I'm one of these people. Uh, That name is Nuke, is going to be screamed at the top of the lungs from every fan that is in attendance at Nissan Stadium. Uh, Nuke and the Tennessee Titans have agreed to a two-year, $26 million contract that could be worth up to $32 million if certain incentives are reached. And so, certainly the, and I've mentioned this on the show before plenty of times, the Titans have been sort of salary cap-strapped up until this point, uh, apparently not as much as 
we all had originally thought, given the fact that they've just agreed to pay DeAndre Hopkins $26 million, up to $32 million over the next two seasons. But I would think still that certain maneuvers are going to have to be made on the the books, the salary cap. And so I'm sure news will probably be coming out about that in the coming days. But I cannot and I cannot begin to stress this enough how big of a signing that this is for the Titans. This there's really no other way to put this. This is a move that desperately needed to happen for the Tennessee Titans. And as much grief as I've given new Titans general manager Ran Carthon on this show before, and obviously there was the little bit of a meme-worthy moment at the draft where he and Mike Vrabel looked into the looked into the camera and just after waiting until the seventh round to draft a wide receiver, they just decided to wave into the camera, hey, hey, look at us. And, uh, at the time, we sort of thought that was a bit of a middle finger to the fan base, if you will. But and one of the other things that has been preached to Titans fans this offseason is that, quote-unquote, Ran has a plan. Hashtag Ran has a plan. And up until this point... I've been asking the question of, Ran, if if you have a plan, what the heck is it? What the heck is your plan to address the wide receiver position and add more talent to that wide receiver room? And obviously now, apparently we've known what that plan is because... It's kind of funny how the uh, House of Cards-like situations in the NFL play out where Rand Carthon can say things at a press conference after the draft like, you know, the roster is not final today and over the course of the next weeks and months, certain guys will become available. And reason I bring up the House of Cards-like situation is because maybe in the back of their minds they knew that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be one of those guys that came available. And there's the obvious connections with D-Hop and the coaching staff that I've sort of alluded to on the show before. And we'll continue to get into a little bit more in detail here today in just a second. But let me get 
back into how big of a deal this is for the Titans. D-Hop adds a much-needed element and a much-needed presence that the Titans have not had really since A.J. Brown left in that trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. And based on the fact that I'm bringing up that trade of A.J. Brown to the Eagles, I once again feel obligated to say thanks, J-Rub. But, you know, the, the past is the past and we're moving on, I suppose. But anyway, D-Hop adds a much-needed weapon to this wide receiver room because when you look at the lack of production of the Titans wide receiver room last year, you sort of, and obviously injuries and other things of that nature had to play a part in this as well, but fact of the matter is the Titans wide receiver room was not very productive last season. I mean, the numbers, as we all know, never lie. And I'm just going to rattle off some names really quick. Uh, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chris Moore. And I guess I could throw Colton Dow in there as well, the who was the aforementioned seventh round draft pick. Uh, what do all of those guys have in common? Burks, Phillips, and I, actually, I, I guess I'm going to leave Burks aside from this because his potential is little bit greater than some of these other guys. Uh, but Phillips, Westbrook, Akine, Moore, Dell. What do they all have in common? They're just a bunch of Jags, when you think about it. A bunch, and Jags, just for clarity, Jags is a acronym which stands for just a guy. Just a guy. And DeAndre Hopkins is very much not just a guy. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about new Hopkins. We're talking about one of the top ten arguably one of the top ten receivers in the NFL over the last Ten years. And oh boy, just the just it's crazy to think what a different dynamic D Hop adds uh, to the wide receiver room. Now, as I mentioned before, there were and are some obvious connections with D Hop and the T Tennessee Titans coaching staff. In particular, his, I want to focus on his relationship with Tim Kelly, the New Titans offensive coordinator, 
who was, of course, on the staff last year. And now, thankfully, that Todd Downing is no longer on the staff, and Tim Kelly is no longer Todd Downing's underling, so to speak. Uh, T. Kelly is now, of course, running the show. But in the one year that DeAndre Hopkins was with the Houston Texans while Tim Kelly was the offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, uh, Diop posted a stat line of 104 catches with 1,165 receiving yards and seven touchdowns over his career, including that 2019 season, excuse me, over the course of his career, Dehop in 145 games played, has posted a stat line of 853 catches, 11,298 yards, 71 touchdowns. Wow. Just wow. Phenomenal. Just to compare those numbers and even to compare the numbers from 2019 to what the Tennessee Titans currently have on their roster. It's, it's, it's night and day when you think about it. But what does this, this signing do for the Titans, you may ask me? Well, it adds a much-needed veteran presence to the group and much-needed obvious depth to the group as well. And even more so than that, what it does is it opens up the entire offense because up until this point that the tight or or up until the point that the Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins, who was the most feared player on the offense for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously it was King Henry. Derrick Henry, right? Now that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be in the fold, this obviously means that defenses can no longer get away with putting eight, nine, or ten guys in the box, which is pretty crazy to think about since there can only be 11 guys on the field at one time. That's just the dominance that can't, how shall I put this? That's just what comes with having to prepare to go up against the dominance that comes with Derrick Henry. Putting eight, nine, ten guys in the box at one time to try to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, defenses can't get away with doing that anymore because... Obviously, they also have to prepare for DeAndre Hopkins. And 
not only does that have a big impact on what other teams are doing defensively, it also impacts what the Titans are going to be doing offensively because they no longer, Derrick Henry no longer has to shoulder the burden of essentially being the Titans' offense. And not only does it take even more pressure off of the running game, it also opens up everybody else in the passing game as well. I mentioned the Jags earlier, but you also have to take Traylon Burks into account. And to Traylon Burks' credit, he is a promising young receiver. I mean, we the flashes were obviously there. I, of course, watched Traylon Burks quite a bit when he was in college with as much SEC football as I watch. I was very much well aware of what Traylon Burks was doing at Arkansas. And, la- and last year, he certainly showed signs of what he could potentially be. Even without the veteran presence of someone like a DeAndre Hopkins. And I, th- I also think that one of the more underrated weapons that nobody seems to be talking about too much is uh, Chigozim Akonkwo, or Chig Akonkwo, the soon-to-be second-year tight end out of Maryland. And he also showed flashes of what he could be. He really showed that he could be more of that Johnny Smith-type tight end that the Titans desperately needed since, well, since Johnny Smith decided to leave in free agency. And so, that uh, this... This D-hop move opens up quite a few more avenues for Chig in the passing game as well. Now, I'm going to sort of leave the on-field stuff aside for just a moment to talk about how D-hop probably feels about this move off the field. And... I've sort of addressed some of these concerns a little bit more, a little bit, uh, maybe not more in detail in previous episodes, but I guess I can touch on them again here. But as it relates to the off the field stuff for the listening and viewing audience, of the Jim Bratton podcast, you might have noticed that the title of this particular episode of the show is, quote, Nashville's a vibe, man. And, of course, that's not me saying it. That is something that DeAndre Hopkins said on some other podcast 
recently when he was talking about his all of his free agent visits. All, all I guess, two of his free agent visits. With the, with the Titans, of course, and also with the New England Patriots. And apparently D-Hop really liked Nashville, or else why would he why else would he come out and say Nashville's a vibe, man? It's 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 a vibe. And as a lifelong Tennessee res Tennessee resident myself, I can confirm that Nashville is in fact very much a vibe. If I do say so myself. But as far as the contrast between the Titans and the Patriots goes, look, I've said all along that the Titans were easily the better fit than New England as far as the TB12 factor not being associated with New England anymore. TB, Actually, I'm not going to remind everybody who TB12 is because you should already know, quite frankly, but there's also the impact that the separate divisions have as far as these two teams is concerned. Talking about the Titans in the AFC South, talking about the Patriots in the AFC East. And if the question that I would that I would ask and did ask DeAndre Hopkins in a way on the show is if you want to go to the playoffs, if you want to put yourself in contention to went to go to and win a Super Bowl. What is the first thing that you have to do? Well, obviously the most direct path would be to win the division. Obviously, you can get into the playoffs as a wild card team, certainly. But as far as winning the division goes, the AFC South, there is by far a much, much easier path to winning the South than there is to winning the AFC East right now. When you're talking about going up against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, when you're talking about going up against the Miami Dolphins and a healthy Tua. And of course, you have the team that just so happens to be on hard knocks this upcoming season, and I need to look into getting HBO because the New York Jets, gosh, gosh, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 who is the quarterback that they picked up this offseason? Oh yeah, that, that would just so happen to be Aaron Rodgers.
just to reiterate the, the three quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins would have been going up against had he signed with the Patriots. Josh Allen, Tua, and Aaron Rodgers. That is a murderer's row of quarterback quarterback competition. And obviously... DeAndre Hopkins would not be playing directly against all three of those quarterbacks, but certainly the defenses in the AFC East are no joke either. I could go on and on about that all I want to, but I believe I'm just going to save that for the regular season preview in the NFL. But staying with quarterbacks in the AFC East, the Patriots quarterback is obviously Mac Jones. You you may have noticed that he was the quarterback that I did not mention in the top-tier quarterback conversation of the AFC East. It's because Mac Jones is very much not in the top-tier quarterback conversation of that division, let alone the conference. Not, Not saying that Ryan Tannehill is, but what I'm about to say is 100% true, in my opinion, is that right now, Ryan Tannehill is far and away a much better quarterback than Mac Jones. Obviously, there is the age differential at play. I'm very much well aware of that, but when you're talking about somebody in DeAndre Hopkins who wants to win right now, then if I were him, and obviously this has already happened, I would very much be be more inclined to side with Tannehill than Mac Jones. And obviously another thing that enticed D-Hop off the field was his very good relationship with King Henry. King Henry... And D-Hop are very much uh, close with each other. And obviously, you want to play with your buddies if possible. And certainly, it worked out that way for the Tennessee Titans and for DeAndre Hopkins as well. But... Let me get back to the on-field stuff for just a minute and how it affects, how this signing affects Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Obviously, it's another big weapon for Ryan Tannehill in the passing game, a very big, explosive weapon that is going to draw quite a few double teams, possibly. And as I was saying before, 
this just opens up even more avenues for the other pass catchers on the team, Burks and Aconquo in particular. And obviously, as I was also alluding to before, it drastically changes the way defenses approach game planning for the running game as well. But the if all of the stars align for the Titans offense this coming season, then the offense is easily going to be much more explosive than it was last year, especially given the fact that Tim Kelly is wanting to implement a little bit more of an up-tempo approach than Todd Downing's piss-poor run-run-pass-punt approach that was implemented last season. But, ugh. Uh, just, saying, just saying the name Todd Downing over and over again makes my head spin and makes me throw up in my mouth at how bad that offense was last year. Anyway, I digress. With all of that being said about all of the good that D-Hop brings to this team, I, in the interest of fairness, I do have to bring up the possible downsides that this could that this signing could potentially have because the Titans have gone down this road before with veteran wide receivers. They brought in Andre Johnson. Well, first of all, even before Andre Johnson, they brought in uh, Randy Moss. And, you know, straight, straight cash, homie, and whatnot. But... Randy Moss was obviously gassed at the point the Titans brought brought him in. And uh, Andre Johnson was also a little bit gassed as well when the Titans brought him in. And once again, thank you very much for that, J-Rub. And... Eric, you know, Eric Decker was okay. Certainly when you're talking about him coming off of some of the seasons that he had in the past, and I don't have his numbers in front of me, but with the Jets, he was kind of eh. And obviously a lot of Eric Decker's fame is put on uh, what he was able to do with Pey- with Peyton Manning in Denver, but just to he is obviously also one of the big veteran names that the Titans brought in over the years, and obviously most recently we have the Julio Jones debacle and. Polio was on his way down. I wouldn't say he was gassed to the degree that Andre Johnson and Randy Moss were, but 
And the only reason I say that is because he did did a few good things in Tampa with uh, Tom Brady, obviously. It's amazing what Tom Brady can do for any receiving core that he's playing with. But I digress. So, reason I bring all of that up is because we've gone down this road before with veteran receivers with the Titans, okay? And D-Hop is 31 years old, and you can very easily make the argument that the decline is on the way, if not here already. On the other hand, you could also make another argument that D-Hop has another one or two good years left in him. And there's also the negative of DeAndre Hopkins' injury history as well because he's only played 19 games over the course of the last two seasons. He played in 10 10 games in 2021 and only 9 games last year as a member of the Arizona Cardinals. And despite dealing with that negative and despite only playing in 19 games over the course of the last two years, he was very much on pace to break a 1,000 yards receiving in those two seasons. I mean, and it was very interesting to see him come out and say that he... In his opinion, he would have easily done that. And that was more maybe an attempt to build his image up. Not that his image needs to be built up even more, but I guess boost his value to potential suitors would be the right way to phrase that. So the potential is obviously still there for D-Hop, at least in his mind, which really, really is the most important thing when you think about it. Confidence is very much the key, as we all know. But just to stay with the most recent veteran receiver that the Titans have had to deal with in Julio Jones... In my opinion, I think DeAndre Hopkins has, he definitely has more, much more in the tank than Julio, okay? Because Julio, I mean, Titans fans were saying during Julio's brief tenure with the team that he was maybe a little bit gassed, and did not produce nearly up to the level the fan base expected him to produce at when they traded, when the team traded for him. And so, 
I think there's definitely a difference between what D-Hop can bring to the table than what Julio Jones ended up bringing to the table. Now, with all of that being said, that is pretty much my take on what DeAndre Hopkins can bring from an on-field perspective and how it impacts the Titans' offense. Before I get out of here, one thing that I wanted to get to is I'd asked some of the fans of the show to come up with some mailbag questions for me about DeAndre Hopkins, and I've got a couple here with me that I'm going to try to answer as best I can very quickly. And the first one of those questions is, and this is a little bit of a two-part question, uh, what type of attitude will DeAndre Hopkins bring to the wide receiver room? And what is my take on what a successful season looks like for him in the offense? Uh, obviously, as I've been alluding to, the veteran presence has a big impact on the, te- on the team as well. When you're talking about guys in that wide receiver room that are as young as Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, obviously, he's D-Hop's going to be somebody for them to lean on in a lot of ways, both not only on the field, but off the field as well, just based on how you conduct yourself as a professional wide receiver in the NFL. And one of the other big sort of personal impacts that D-Hop could have is he really seems a little bit hungry in a lot of ways. He's made that made that known in some of his recent tweets where he said, oh, this is what I'm going to do to the wide receiver room, my future wide receiver room. I'm going to make it so much easier for you. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And in one of his most recent tweets, he talked about some some things that the haters could be saying about this move, and he also said that he's not worried about what the haters have to say about him. Hi, haters, essentially, is what D-Hop said in that tweet. And so he's very much interested in proving all of them wrong as well. And uh, what is what does a successful season look like for him? Uh, obviously, in my opinion, the successful season would be eclipsing at the 1,000-yard mark. But especially in an offense that he is familiar 
with playing in, having worked with Tim Kelly before in the past. But the only way that can happen, unless D-Hop goes off and records 500, 500 receiving yards a game, which is not all that likely, but the realistically, the only way that he can get to the 1,000-plus yard mark is if he stays healthy, which is obviously something that has held him back, at least on the stat sheet, in the past. And certainly if he wants to prove the haters wrong, then he's got to stay on the field. You've got to stay on the field, DeAndre, because as we all know, what is the best ability that you can have? It is your availability. And that is what I think a successful season this year for D-Hop will look like. Question two, and this is not even relating to D-Hop as much as it is to Ron Tannehill in a lot of ways, although it's the two are obviously, obviously very well connected in a lot of ways. Question two is... You know, at the very least, it benefits every other pass catcher in the room. I've sort of been alluding to that on the show today. Still possibly has wide receiver one potential. Does DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Ron Tannehill's in a contract year. And, uh could possibly be in line for an extension. This this is my guy, and I I have to give a little bit of a shout-out to my guy, Holden Howard, for asking this question. This is him. These are Holden's words and not necessarily my own. But uh, thank you very much for the question, Holden pal Howard. Uh, Holden thinks Ryan Tannehill could possibly be in line for an extension at the end of the season with him being in a contract year and all. What are my thoughts on the situation? Well, you've got to look at it this way, Holton, and everybody else listening to the Jim Bratton podcast. Ron Tannehill is 34 years old, okay? And to Ryan Tannehill's credit, he's obviously played very well in recent years, going back to 2020, he finished with over 3,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, and just seven 
interceptions. Pretty impressive stat line. 2021, uh, 3,734 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Obviously, the numbers dropped off a little bit on that end from 2020 to 2021. But when he's been on the field, obviously, RT-17 has been a pretty productive player. Key words being when he's been on the field. And one of the things I think the organization takes into account is that he's been injury prone the last few seasons and he is 34 years old. As far as the extension question goes, obviously, as I've alluded to on the show before, there are certainly going to be some extensions and restructures that are made to make room for DHOP, possibly. I have no idea as of right now what those could be. Ryan Tannehill may very well be one of those. I have no idea. But as far as what I would do, I would be willing to entertain a one or two year extension with incentives based on health and production and other things of that nature for Ryan Tannehill. I don't know. Matter of fact, I, I know for a fact that I'm not going to sign him to a four or five year extension based, just based on the age question. But if he can keep up the level of production that he had been he had been keeping up with going back two, three years ago, when healthy, a one- or two-year contract extension for Ryan Tannehill is not something that I would rule out entirely. And a lot of it also has to do with the question of, is Will Levis the guy long-term down the road? And... I know they picked Will Levis in the second round. They they traded up to draft him. And, of course, the obvious question that comes with that is, oh my gosh, is he the quarterback of the future? If the answer to that question after the three preseason games is looking like it is leaning no more so than yes, then that just adds more fuel to the fire of a Ryan Tannehill extension because you begin to wonder, okay, maybe Will Levis needs a little bit more time to develop than we had originally thought. Certainly, the 
certainly that was very much evident last year at Kentucky. And I know that there's obvious other implications that went into that, lack of weapons, lack of depth on the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. But the numbers speak for themselves, and the numbers, of course, also never lie as it relates to Will Levis. Will, Le Will Levis, the mayo coffee drinker, as he's come to be known. But that's just a little bit of a funny sidebar about Will Levis. But if the answer to the question of, and this will be after the preseason, does Will Levis need a little bit more time to develop? If the answer to that question is yes, then I wouldn't, I would not rule out a Ryan Tannehill extension by any means. But we will just have to wait and see when we get to the preseason next month how all of that plays out for the Titans. And with all of that being said, I have got to go ahead and de-hop, I mean hop, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, out of here for today, and that is going to conclude today's special edition D-Hop spe special D-Hop edition of the, I got, got a little bit confused with the, the D-Hop references, but that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more information on the apparel if you are so interested in purchasing Jim Bratton Podcast apparel please feel free to let me know as far as what size and what particular product you'd be interested in I'm still trying to work out the details of all of that guys I, I apologize for this I'm so new to the merch sale business, but when I do end up getting the merch sales ready to roll, I will let you guys know as much info on that as I possibly can. But all of that being said, stay tuned for that. I've got to run. I want to thank you all so much for watching and listening to this special D-Hop edition of the Jim Bratton podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you guys soon.